Welcome to Use Your Words Podcast, where every time we have a serious conversation, all three of us are always fully engaged and pay attention. Summer, mm. summer, summer. <laughs> and then Josh is looking around like, summer what's pod. going on? Uh, I blinked out there for a second. Keep talking. I'll, I'll, I'll catch up. <laughs> <laughs> you blinked out for a second. Great. Even back then, Josh was buying stuff left and right. And as we know, at the end of the last episode, Josh was looking at, oh, I don't know, building a table of plywood. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why he was a little um, not engaged, I guess you could say. Yeah. Right, Josh? Yeah? Yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what are you what are you looking at now, or what are you buying, or what are you building, or what are you dreaming about, or what I are you lusting over? To see how much I could charge Aaron to build him a wooden bar counter. Dude, I've already got stuff at home in the garage to use. You ain't building me nothing. So regardless, if you have figured out the theme this week, or not, excuse me, not this week, this month. Uh, give yourself a pat on the back again. Uh, you have received clue number two so far. Clue number two about what the theme of this month is. And even though it's a theme, it's not a theme that necessarily means that's what we're talking about all month long. But it is a theme, a thread that ties everything together this entire month. Now, that being said, uh, I did want to talk about something, uh, I guess you could say, maybe a little more close to my heart because of the fact that I saw this news article come out, and in all honesty, I shut down for the evening when I, when I saw this article because my brain did not want to process it that this was true hmm. because the, the implications of this are dramatic uh, on many levels. So, so let's back up a, a, a minute here before we get to that. So we've been dealing with COVID now for what? Since, Since March, February. Well, with the lockdowns and that, you know. Yeah. yeah, so we've, we've been dealing with COVID for a little while now. You know, you think of 2020 and you think of COVID, COVID. and you think of... Riots. And, well, I wouldn't say just riots, civil unrest. Yeah. You know, all, all this other stuff going on. But you really think of that and you wonder sometimes how crazy the world is. You know, you look at it. And, of course, it's an election year, so that means you're going to have all those vitriolic attacks through political ads and pundits and talking heads and all this other stuff. And it's just going to, it seems to all spiral out of control and it's crazy. And one of my concerns, and I remember saying this near the beginning of all this with all the lockdowns, was that we may see, unfortunately, a larger number. My, my original estimate was that we might see a larger number of people die from like suicide and that and drug use and drug overdose than we do from necessarily COVID itself. Now, while that isn't necessarily true at this point, and I say not necessarily true at this point because of the fact that if you, people go, oh, this is a conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. I used to work for a hospital chain. It's reality. If you die with COVID, you can be marked down and encouraged to be marked down as death from COVID. Okay? That is reality. Um, now that's not necessarily, you know, the case all the time, hundred percent of the time. It's not like, oh, Josh has a COVID droplet on him. Uh, he died from COVID. It's, <laughs> was he actually infected with COVID or not? You know, sort of deal. So we're not going to know the true cause of death of like, uh, suicides and that for probably a while. 
unfortunately, because that data takes time to compound and analyze and everything. But what you're seeing right now is you're seeing a large number of people who feel hopeless. And I'm not pulling up data from fringe websites, from, you know, Breitbart News or, you know, anything like that where people go, oh, that's fake news. Not pulling up from CNN where people from the right will go, that's fake news. Mm-hmm. You know, not pulling up from anything like that. You know, so I'm not saying, hey, look. Now, that being said, just because this is a government entity, people go, oh, it's Trump's CDC. So, of course, it's bad. <sighs> those people, I also don't have time for niceties today with this one. Like, those people, in my personal opinion wants to tell them, go die in a fire, but I know that's not right. <laughs> I know that's not right. Because then they'll go die in a fire, they have COVID, they'll be counted as a COVID death. <laughs> right. So, And then you're in trouble for it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so what, what, what caused me to shut down was this, this article uh, put out by the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. They put it out on August 14th of this year. And it was... Uh, the results of a survey that they did between June 24th and 30th of this year. And if you haven't read this yet, I, I honestly would recommend you go and read it um, because, and I will include a link to it in this show notes here as well as a direct link to the PDF, because it points, not points, it paints a picture that shows that America right now and it's, and I'm not saying America has a mental health issue per se in and of itself. We have a mental health issue due to isolation, due to COVID and lockdowns, to be honest, if you look because of the time frames of which this is. But the piece of data that really just blew my mind, okay, within the previous 30 days of the survey being taken. Those who were in the age of 18 to 24 years old, 25.5% of those responded that they had seriously considered committing suicide. Let that sink in. You have four people in your house. One in four people seriously considered killing themselves due to the isolation restrictions and all that due to COVID. And here's the thing. They specifically call this mental health, substance use, and, um, and various other things related to COVID-19. We got a problem. Now, you can talk about masks, not masks, social distancing, not social distancing, online learning, not online learning. You can talk about all those things left and right. But something's wrong when you have 25% of people in your, and I'm talking to Josh and Aaron here, in your age range, with all these methods of communication and connectedness, you have Snapchat, Facebook, Messenger, text messaging, you have uh, video chatting, you have, you name it, you guys got it. And yet one in four people in your age range, think about your friend group, Yeah, one in four. And unfortunately, we're not going to know the actual statistics on the numbers who actually fall through with that. Right. Obviously, because one, they're gone. if they're dead, they can't respond to the survey. Yep. And two, it takes time for these uh, death certificates and all that to be finalized. Like some of the, the last results of suicide numbers we have are from the early 2010s. So it's going to take a while before we get data from 2020. Yeah. Like I said, it caused me to literally (laughs) mentally shut down when I read that. And I, I didn't want to believe that that was true. So 
that's where we start. Yeah, no, we start on the low end, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So, because I'm, I'm, granted, I'm not really smartical. Smartical. Yeah. So of so mm, seven hundred and thirty-one people were uh, did this survey through the eighteen to twenty-four year old uh, gap. Right. Okay. So thirteen percent of the well, thirteen thirteen point four percent of all respondents total were in that age range, and twenty five percent of them, yeah, twenty five point five percent. Yeah, and the reason you do statistics and you do surveys in that is because that tells you kind of what you do a sampling of the general population. Yeah. And so I, if you get a chance to pull up the study, I mean, pull up the PDF and kind of read along on some of the stuff here. So if you look at, we're going to look at 18 to 24 for a moment here, right? If you look at this, the last column where it says more than one adverse mental or behavioral health symptom for 18 to 24, 75%. 74.9. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, depressive disorder, 52%. Anxiety, 50%. Anxiety or depressive, 629 COVID-19 related, uh, they call it TSRD, like a, a, a mental stress related thing, 46%. 25% started or increased substance use to cope with pandemic-related stress or emotions. Which is what, that was one thing. Yeah, like, at first, when all this stuff started going down, the whole thing was obviously, like, toilet paper being gone and, like, cleaning products right. being gone. But then, <laughs> when I went to the liquor section... Liquor was empty. There was a lot missing. Yeah. Especially in the whiskey department. But I was just like... That's crazy. Like, and, okay, I guess granted, I mean, so for my first place was going to like festival and stuff like that. And that seemed pretty, pretty normal. But I remember going to a pick and save and seeing the liquor department just pretty darn empty. And I was like, that's, well, one, really concerning and just I mean, sad to see that that's what people would go to. But it's like at the same time, if they don't know anything else to go to, it's then what do you do? Right. You know? And, you know, you hear a lot of people, especially when you're talking about mental health, they're like, oh, it's maybe the poor people because they're, they're out of a job or whatever, right? Well, if you look in this PDF, they break it down by household income. Yeah. Guess what? It's statistically the same across the board. Yeah. Actually, in this case, in reality, the lower the income, the lower, the lower percentage of people that seriously considered suicide. If you continue looking at this, 12.6% of all the males who responded of all across all ages, uh, seriously considered suicide versus 8.9% of females. Mm. So men were across all age groups way Higher. more likely to consider suicide as an option. I mean, this, this goes across your geographic boundaries. This goes across your education. This goes across your income. And again, for whatever reason, it, it <sighs> So, like, let's see here. I'm going to look at employment stats, right? That's what I was just starting to look at. So, essential actually had the highest percentage of people who considered suicide. Yeah, which that? Well, it could be the stress of the, being on the front line, having to wear masks all the time, seeing people, or maybe mm -hmm. not seeing people, having to deal with new 
Because this flipped the world upside down. You had new cleaning procedures. You had new procedures for essentially everything. Josh, I'm sure a lot of stuff changed at your work when you had to do stuff, right? Masks, no. social distancing. Josh is shaking his head no. <laughs> I say the for us, um, we how soon do we start wearing masks? Because it wasn't right away. Mm-hmm. But then at some point we had to wear masks, which we still do. Um, we have one gal that will um, go through and cl- do routine cleaning on all the stuff that's being like used and whatnot. Um, well, we have hand sanitizer and stuff like that. To, right, yeah. Once you come back in from like outside or something like that to quick just clean your hands type thing. or sit. And that's... And that's about all we've done for that. And granted, I mean, for as, as far as the social, social, wow, social distancing stuff goes, uh, generally we're not always really that close. But I mean, at times you, you can't help but be close. But for the most part, you know, everyone's fairly far away from each other anyways to a point. Um, we do check our temperatures and have to have like a little thing to like sign off on that we were good. And then like one of the things is there's like, have we been exposed to, whereas any family member like been, you know, sick or whatever with COVID or something like that. And we've had an instance where uh, one of our workers uh, had a family member that did have it. So then that person had to obviously will stay home in quarantine and with the rest of the family, and after that time was done, and all was tested positive. I mean, a lot positive, negative. Right. I mean, they were allowed back. Uh, and then we've had like other people where it's like they've been sick, and it's like if you feel sick, just stay home and pretty much just give it some time to see how you're doing, and if you're all right, then you can come back. But yeah, I mean, we're such a small little shop, so thankfully we haven't had too many issues. But yeah, and it didn't. Have you guys felt increased stress at all doing your day to day jobs <sighs> with masks and cleaning and all that other stuff? Stress with that, no. But I guess with orders, yes. Okay. Um, mainly because we have been, uh, we do do some medical stuff like that where we do medical orders with straps and stuff. So we, for a while, we had a huge increase of stuff to get out. So, I mean, that puts pressure on, you know, deadlines and getting work done for, I guess, essential stuff. <laughs> and uh, other than that, um, and it was really weird because for a while, everything was like gung-ho, like you got to keep going and pushing through. And then it slowed down a ton. But now we're starting to get slammed with a couple other things. I don't know if they're medical related or not. I don't know think they might be but now like that's causing things to get a little hectic in the shop from time to time when everyone's like busting their butt to get stuff done and it yeah it's exciting (laughs) yeah but as far as stress related because of like having to clean and wear masks Mm -hmm. i mean do (laughs) and that's the thing it's like do we enjoy it no um we can get hot in there because we don't have air conditioning um, so, I mean, we have fans, thankfully, to do stuff, but, like, in certain areas, like, for me, like, I'm up in, like, a mezzanine or whatever, mm-hmm. so, and we don't really have anything to circulate much air through there, so it gets hot up there from time to time. So, thankfully, I've been granted permission to 
not wear a mask while I'm up there, mainly because I'm far away from everyone and I'm not in any close contact with anyone. Yeah, that makes sense. So, because then, yeah, otherwise it gets it gets hot up there pretty quick. So, I don't know. It's, but that's I guess yeah. It it is crazy to see how that is higher for essential workers. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because for me, like I was, well, one, <laughs> I was, I was kind of looking forward to getting off and not having to work for a bit. Not gonna lie, I was kind of excited. But I was like, oh, we're gonna have to shut down, and I can do some other things that of my own that I'd like to do. But being an essential company, learning that we were, I was like, oh wow. So we had to keep going. Oh, uh, and I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm just thankful to have a job still. I figured. I, I mean, I guess I would have figured. People that were essential would be glad to keep working because that's, I mean, that's a paycheck coming in still. But then, granted, I guess for these essential workers, like what line of work are they doing? Because, I mean, yeah, if I was working in a hospital, I'd probably be a little bit more nervous to keep working there. Well, also, like, let's say a grocery store, right? We've all all seen those videos of, you know, the belligerent older man or whatever going into the grocery store. You know, maybe there's a mask mandate in the area and they go in and they're fighting or they're yelling or they're screaming at the the employee who really is being forced again. And I know this is a meme, but whatever, um, you know, where they agree with the mandate about masks or not, but they're being said, Hey, as a part of your employment, you have to kind of enforce people coming in where to wear masks because either store policy or government or whatever. I can see that contributing to that very well. You know, yeah. how, how would you like that if you went to your job and you had these people coming in and just yelling at you for no reason at all, essentially? Yeah, that that is, man, I've, I've found myself in, granted not with this uh, specific thing, but just like getting upset with store employees or just like workers for something were granted yeah, they're doing their job and it's not their decision. It's the bigger guy's decision on why they have. So it's like when you're getting upset with the employees, like, wait, you need to step back and think, wait, they're just doing what they're supposed to be told. Well, they're doing what they're told to do. Yeah. So it's like, it's not them personally that are enforcing this. It's just, Hey man, if you got a job, you got to do it. And it sucks. <laughs> yeah. And be be kind to those employees because guess what? They may be with you and be like, this mask is doing nothing. Yeah. Um, by the way, I have a mask coming in. It's an LED mask. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I'll be able to write whatever I want on the mask. That's awesome. <laughs> and it could be scrolling text, too. Oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. So, so the person enforcing the mask may might not believe the masks are really doing that much, you know, for things. There's arguments for and against, blah, blah, blah. Don't care at this point. If the store or the government mandates it, just follow along. Just you know, obviously, uh, like we've seen one, I think probably needs to be reevaluated since reevaluated since that goes till the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, December 31st. You know, that one maybe, but like the, the governor one, it goes till sometime in September. That's, that's at least reasonable. There's an end date in sight. You know, can we still talk about it? Yes. But, you know, just be kind to those people. Yeah. There's the other thing is when you saw those kids being stupid and going around licking grocery store, like, items and stuff like that. Like, man. That that was, like, right at the start of 
everything. And yeah. they were charged with terroristic threats. Yeah, that is. Oof. Mm-hmm. That's scary. <laughs> that's a big one. That's when you done messed up. Yeah. So, I mean, as with that in mind, I mean, that would be kind of pretty stressful, just like not knowing who you're going to run into. Yeah. Because there's so many stupid people out there, unfortunately. So, so essential employee like you, I could see not stressor, but no. essential employee like hospital staff or um, grocery store, grocery. I could see that. So I wanted to read this because this is, um, this is I'm going to read a direct quote from the CDC uh, document here. It's under the sec, uh, section called Discussion, and it says this. Elevated levels of adverse mental health conditions, substance use, and suicidal ideation were reported by adults in the United States in June 2020. The prevalence of symptoms of anxiety disorder was approximately three times those reported in the second quarter of 2019, 25.5 versus 8.1%. And prevalence of depressive disorder was approximately four times that reported in the second quarter of 2019, 24.3 24.3 versus 6.5%. So second quarter 2019 to second quarter 2020. And that's across all age ranges, obviously. That that depressive and anxiety just... Yeah. Spiked up. Crazy. Crazy amount. And if you continue reading on, if, if you're into statistics at all, so if you like math and statistics, uh, you know that a confidence interval of CI of 95% is pretty good, right? So when you're dealing with statistics, any num- the closer a number is to one or more than one, the more uh, corresponding it is, you know, with the data. Well, that whole thing about um, depressive disorder, 18 to 24, yeah. So the 18 to 24 versus 25 to 44, that's a 1.56. So in other words, what they're saying is it's very, it's a very big difference if you're 18 to 24 versus 25 to 44, if you have symptoms of depressive or mm. anxiety mm. or in, like all these numbers, even the suicide one, 1.59. That's a big correlation, a big difference between those two generations. If you look at the raw numbers, the raw numbers support that as well. You know, 25.5 again, 18 to 24. But I noticed something as they get older, 25 to 44. It's down to 16%. Mm-hmm. 45 to 64, 3.8. Older than 65, 2%. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty crazy drop. Yeah, you have a very significant drop off. Drop off. And the thing is, it's that age thing, that's across all of these items. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that seems counterintuitive to me because your generation, and I'm looking at you two. You have the most opportunities and ways to connect. You have game systems where you can do chat. You can do video calls. You can do text messages, group messages, like I was saying earlier. So why is that? The most connected generation that you guys have is the ones feeling the most depressive and isolated. I I want both of your thoughts on this. I don't actually believe that we are that connected. Don't. Okay, why not? Defend that. So one of the common things you see, and... Any Christian can attest to this, is that we all have this void in our life, right? And one of the things that I filled my void with years ago was a car. That's all I would talk about. That's all I would spend my time on. That's all I would prioritize for because God wasn't in that void. Okay. And what I think I have seen with our generation and the generation coming up 
is the way that they filled their void is with social media. So they get that attention fix that they're looking for because they might not be getting it at home from their parents. And so realistically, they're just getting that little extra dose of what they're looking for. But the real attention comes into play when they're with their friends because then they can talk about that. They can express, oh, oh my gosh, you were with him over the weekend or oh, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? They can, they can actually be with people and all those little doses they got, they flash and show off and people can, because I mean, you know, as much as, you know, liking something or commenting on something is something, it's much different when somebody talks to you in person about it, regardless if they say that technology is the new, new means of, of communication. Well, I'm it's, not talking about like a Facebook post and like. I'm talking like a Facebook live group chat, a Zoom call, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I don't think kids our age group do that as much as we think they probably do. Um, but I, I mean, I really don't think so. Really? Because we just had camp, and anytime any of the teens and the 18-year-olds got a chance to do a video call, oh, <laughs> they were doing that with their significant others all the time, or their friends oh. all the time. There was a little, um, essentially like this LTE triangle, where depending on your carrier, you could get LTE, and they would sit there until bedtime chatting with their friends on video call. Anyways, we are designed to be social creatures. So when we're getting this fix on the side and we're not actually getting what we really need, I feel like that fix becomes, that void ends up becoming deeper and deeper and deeper. And that side fix they were used to getting isn't enough anymore. So that's, I mean, that's just kind of how I see it. Okay. I mean, just look at prisons and stuff. Solidary confinement is designed to torture the prisoner because that's not how we were intended to be, completely isolated. Yeah. So, I mean, oh. okay. Johnson, you got any thoughts on change my mind? This no. whole this whole thing? You just jumped out of that age group. You're now 25. Yeah. So, technically you're in the lower risk age group. <clears throat> but you were recently a 24-year-old. That was months ago. Okay. Months ago. I can see you as a white girl rolling your eyes. <laughs> Anyways. Stop it. Um, I'm trying to figure out like what, mm, why it's so much higher for us, uh, compared to the older people. Cause I mean, I, I guess as far as the whole COVID thing goes, as far as my understanding is the older you are, the more freaked out you should be about it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. My parents were not worried at all about COVID. They're like, I don't know. Like I remember talking to him. I was like, Hey, uh, so I've been. Obviously, hanging out with a friend, and their friend works in the, well, yeah, their significant other works with the hospitals. Mm-hmm. I was like, I remember talking to him, like, hey, would would you want me to stay away for a while, kind of thing, or find like live with the friend for like the time being until this thing blows over? Which I mean, of course, now it's it's been going for a while. Yeah, um, but they're like, they're like, no, we're not worried about it at all, and. I don't, well, okay. Granted, okay. This is also, I mean, being believers in Christ and stuff like that, and being Christians, it's like if they die, they know where they're going, kind mm-hmm. of. Thing, you know. So, to that point, they're not concerned about getting. I mean, are they just going to blatantly go out and try and get it? No, 
not going to be like that, but it's like, I guess they're not terrified of getting it. Um, then for our age range, supposedly we're not that at, you know, we don't have that danger of like actually dying from this unless I guess what the whole underlying health issues, underlying health issues. There's still a question of, uh, could there potentially be long-term effects? Like some are going long-term, your lungs are going to be damaged long-term. Your heart's going to be damaged long-term this. But right. that's still an unknown at this point. What exactly yeah. long and short term things? See, and I've, <laughs> I feel this, like this goes back to what experts do you trust? Right. And granted, I don't know. I, I feel like there's so many other things that we do to ourselves as people that, like, if we if we were told, yeah, this is going to have a long term effect on you, we'd probably freak out about it. But it's like a norm type thing. Well, I guess like well, like drinking. I mean, a lot of the younger folks, I mean, they'll love to go out and party. It's like, do you understand what you could be doing to yourself in the mm-hmm. future, depending on how much you drink? Like, yeah. you're killing yourself. Your liver will be very much yeah. damaged by this. But people aren't concerned about that because they're all about going out and having fun. They're like, well, I'm fine so far. Like, what's it going to do? It's, it'll maybe affect me later on. I don't I, I don't understand the mindset. Um, but I guess one thing it goes to show all the social media stuff, one, as connected as we can be through technology, being separated from each other physically, there's just something about it that it it's hard to stay away from. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> going to, uh, when we had like zoom, like Bible study things or whatever, since we couldn't meet in person, they started doing zoom stuff. Grand, I mean, it's, it's cool that you can do that. That's nice. Um, I think I did it a couple of times, but then I was like, I don't know. I started ha- like having nothing to do after work or no places to really go to. Definitely made me think, well, I could try and do this with the extra time I have now, which was cool. But like, yeah, doing a Zoom meeting for a Bible study versus doing an in-person meeting, it. I mean, it's different. It's very much different. Uh, there's mm-hmm. something about that being in person just adds so much to it. Uh, so I, I'm puzzled. Yeah, I, I don't know why that age group is so like freaking out about stuff. Okay. I, I, I yeah, I really don't know. I, I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything. I have a couple thoughts on all this. <sighs> of course, I'd like I always do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Here, here, here's my thoughts on this, uh, and a couple things I want to touch on as well because you brought up like the Zoom meetings and that, right? Zoom meetings are great if you're 100 percent dedicated all in on it. You know, you could go to a Zoom meeting, you could do whatever, like a Zoom Bible say, right? But you know what's easy for you to do? You can mute, turn off your camera. You could have that playing, you know, on your computer, like you're attending the Bible study. Yeah, but you're not really. But there. you could turn around and turn on your game console and play. Minecraft. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember when we did. <laughs> Granted, I did not do this. I I did not do this. But when we did that one week where we recorded stuff remotely, away, remotely, I was like, "Careful what you say." <laughs> Go on. I was, that was definitely like a thing. It's like I could totally be distracted, right. doing something else, and not even paying attention to what you guys are talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's like there is that there is right there that disconnect where it's like if you're not into it well i guess there's something you something can, about being, being together just keeps you more engaged 
and with what's going right, on. Right, exactly. That was going to be my next point about that. But yeah, because like with Zoom stuff, you could just check out and do something else. You know, it's easy to do it because you're like, you're just sitting there looking at a screen. You're not yeah. engaging with people. Now, when you're in person, you have to look at the person's full body language in order to understand what they're doing, what they're saying, what's going on. And yeah, you could be distracted, but when you're distracted in person, you're like, uh oh, I'm being rude. Typically, typically, unlike someone <laughs> in this room. <laughs> you know, so when you're in person, it, it, it is a lot different than being online. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of differences because, you, yes, you can be friends with people online and blah, blah, blah. You can chat and all that. But online communication is really more made for asynchronous communication. You know, I send you a message and you reply back at some other time in the future. Right. And necessarily a thing, unless it's like, hey, I'm over across the country. I need to talk to you. Or like your nephew earlier today when he called you video chat and, you know, yeah. you just did a quick video chat. But you still would rather see him in person, I'm sure, than oh, yeah. do that. Well, see, you know, okay. And this, <laughs> um, yes, I had a, a, a thing where, so my friend, well, John. He had known this other guy that I knew uh, from school and he could car related, you know, stuff like that. Of course. Yeah. Um, well, they had finally met for the first time in person at like this little thing we, we played at. It was like a thing downtown or seen some just jam, open jam thing. And I guess like there's something about meeting somebody in person because like, I mean, you can look at, gosh, there's like what? Mm-hmm. People from like uh, like this August Burns Red fan page or whatever. So right. like all these fans are you know interact with each other on here, all on the internet, whatever. But it's like when you get that chance to meet in person, that is so much more exciting. There's something so much more special about that. Like you see that for like online friendships. It's like when you see videos of them knowing each other online versus meeting in person. There's just something super exciting right. about that person to person interaction. Yeah. So it's like just seeing that, it's like you, d- internet does not do. Yeah. And it doesn't give you all those little micro, uh, you know, in person things yeah. that a person does when you say something like maybe Josh says something that's so cringy and we're both over here like <laughs> holding it in. And he, you know, if we were doing that online without video, he'd be like, oh, it's all fine. Da, 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 da. But we're <laughs> over here going, oh, <laughs> you know, right. you, you know, Josh, if you met and only interacted with Amy, online until you actually got married you would have a different probably uh, awakening well no i wouldn't say awakening but like probably a different picture of what she's like in your head yeah oh absolutely because you wouldn't be able to see that when you say something stupid her facial muscles go (laughs) (laughs) you know or when she does something that annoys you you don't know about it because it's an online only interaction Right. You never meet face to face. Mm-hmm. Because I can guarantee you there's stuff that all of us do that annoy each other, but no. unless you see it in person, you'd never do it. You know, when we did that online podcast recording that one week, <sighs> sure. it, there was no video. So, you know, yeah. it was like. I couldn't read you at all if there was right. something that was said and you're just like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that, that is something I- that is fun because like yeah, once one of us says something that like catches the other off guard, it's like that whole like reaction. Yeah, and reaction sometimes the body reaction like, is what you need to see yeah. and let that 
the thing land. Even though this is only audio, it's that interaction between us and catching each other in that interaction, which that part can come through on the audio portion. But if we can't see each other, it's like, eh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was one weird thing I, and, I, and that was, was that was during the height of the covid stuff so it was yeah. like everyone's taking a little more precaution but it's kind of cooled down since then oh yeah so that that's one part of what i'm thinking here's my second part of what i'm thinking 18 to 24 right yeah you're coming out of high school and or college you're used to being around people all the time you know in high school you're around surrounded by people all the time in college you know it's you and maybe your roommate but also your good buddies on college. You're always hanging out. You're always together. And you go from that to all of a sudden whoop, isolated. It's a big difference. Now, in, yeah. it, so then you look at 25 to 44, right? That's that next age group where it starts getting lower. Well, what happens as you start getting older? And this sucks, I, and I agree with this. But as you get older, as you move out of college, you do end up losing contact with a lot of the friends from college. Because, you know, you're moving for a job, you're doing whatever. Maybe you're living alone now, maybe with a family. You know, these things, you're, you're not in that constant group dynamic all the time. So over time, you've grown a little bit more used to being a little, a little more independent, a little more mm-hmm. isolated. So you have this group, 1824, always with people, always in group. All of a sudden, you self-isolate 100%. Yeah, Versus a group that has been gradually over time, maybe isolating a little bit more just because of work demands and all that other stuff. That or they just get get irritated with interacting with people. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think that that explains some of that. Yeah, that that exchange. Now, also, you know, like me, I didn't have dial up internet for a long time. You know, so I, my life hasn't revolved around Facebook, and that Facebook didn't come out till I was in college. I think I was a junior. Wow. When I finally got a Facebook account. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to think of when I got mine. So, Goodness. so, you know, I didn't grow up with that either. So, yes, there is the online stuff that Josh was talking about where, you know, people get that little dopamine spike from online comments, posting and that. But I think a lot of that still comes from the group dynamic. You're, you're, we've gone from being in community 24-7 to not overnight and, you know, it sucks to say it, but like us older people, we've learned how to maybe, um, how do I want to put this, how to live and be better a little bit more and uh, a little bit more isolated. We can be a little more isolated for a little bit longer time before it's 100% negative on our psyche, you know, because, you know, I live in my apartment with me and my dog, you know, that's different than when I was, you know, 1920 living in the dorm in a dorm suite with, you know, so I could expect there was always at least four guys in the room at all times. Big different dynamic. And soon Josh will have his triplets, so there'll be four guys in his house. You, you, oh, assuming they're all men. Boys. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a better way to do this. But I wanted to go see when I created my Facebook account. I'm yeah. sure there's something that says when it was made. I just went through the profile pictures to see because it gives the date that that profile picture is posted, whatever. And I know there's one more before this, but for whatever reason, it's not there anymore. But this one was put up in 2008. Yeah. <laughs> there's the photo. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's skinny little Aaron on a big old motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. Dang. When I say skinny little, I mean he was shorter than Josh is now. Yeah, right. That's short. <laughs> Gosh, but yeah, the thing, so I was I had a Facebook and I was a little guy. Like in 2008. Wow. That's the year I moved back to Racine. I was in sixth grade. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's crazy. Oh, more, yeah. Majority of my life, I've had a Facebook account. Yeah. So you've had those little dopamine spikes for a long time in your life. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. What, what's changed between pre-COVID and COVID? Well, you're still getting your little dopamine spikes from Facebook because people are active on Facebook all the time. Right. The only difference is in-person versus not in-person. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely do like, well, granted, obviously it's not just me because look at the numbers, but getting together in person is just so great. Like, yeah. I, I, there's something about it being able to, you know, punch Josh and stuff like that and mess around with him yeah. and stuff. It just in, makes Until it. we create a telepresence robot that allows us to do that <laughs> and feel us, the robot hitting Josh. The presence. Yeah. Yeah. Until we get you know, to that point, then, you know, and then the, we need to do it in person. Yeah. <laughs> Feel the love, don't you? <laughs> it's just do. a love tap, you know? Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And I was talking about this same concept with um, a parent recently of a youth group kid. I yeah. won't say any of their names. And, you know, her, her, her kid has, you know, some mental disorders. And they're talking about how this isolation due to COVID it's so much worse for their, their kid than, you know, because they can't go see people and they're isolating a lot more because of that. It, and we were talking about the difference between doing an online Zoom, even a one-on-one call, right, you know, or Facebook or whatever, that big difference between it. Because on that online call, you're looking at a person through like a phone screen or through a webcam and you're saying, hi, look at me. And you hope your day doesn't drop for a second as you wave. And, you know, it, it blips out. And all of a sudden you're like, where'd they go? You know? Right. And I, I think about. And then in person, you can, if you want, you can punch them. You can hug them. You, you could whatever. Yeah. What happens when you hug a person? There's that. There's that. There's a connection. I, I can't. D- d- chemical stuff. <laughs> the brain. It, I was like, <laughs> chemical stuff. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. It release uh, so your brain releases that, um oxytocin. Oxytocin. I like that. That's a cool word. So, um th- that that's that's one of those it's called the cuddle hormone. Oh. So, mm. Yeah, I think about well, my my friend Becca who now lives overseas and mm-hmm. it's like you could do a, a Skype call or Zoom, whatever it is. That's cool. Like, that would still be really exciting besides just text. But hopefully one day they'll either be able to, her and her husband can come visit here or me and if anybody else can go out there and visit. Because, like, that moment once you finally get in person again, it's just, like, magical. Yeah. And, and like you were talking about, you know, those people who have friends online, but then they meet, it's completely different. Yeah. It's because of that oxytocin. Yeah. You know what oxytocin is responsible for? I guess not then. So it, it plays a role in social bonding, actually, because I get a hit of oxytocin like when I hug you. Mm. So that links a positive thing in my brain. Oh. You know what else it does? It's how oh. mother bonds to their child after childbirth. Oh. 
it uh, it creates a positive link in the mother's brain to their child wow. and vice versa obviously wow so so is that that stuff is work like already happening in like a newborn yeah but it, most of it's for the mother's benefit yeah uh so it helps with bonding with your baby it also helps the mother produce milk what what yeah bitch you didn't know that one I didn't until now. In order that I don't feel bad. Yeah, I know you didn't. I'm just <laughs> yeah. It's also, That's... yeah, so it's, it, so according to, again, I have an article about this up. So oxy, oxytocin, not oxycontin, oxytocin. Yeah, say oxycontin's brain nice it, it, it's, too. It's a hormone. It's released in your bloodstream. <laughs> again, sexual bond, uh, sexual bonding, uh, social bonding, <laughs> sexual reproduction, childbirth, and then after childbirth. Mm. And that's... All oxytocin. that. Yeah. And Oxycontin is kind of nice too, though. Well, it's a completely, <laughs> different, completely different thing. That helps with pain. <laughs> yeah. But that's why, like, when you hug a person, you, that's why they call it kind of that cuddle thing, because you, you build that yeah. bond mentally because you get a good feedback loop in it. Mm-hmm. So even when you just hug a person, it, it releases that, and you're like, oh, okay, this is a person I like. You're never going to get that from an online you viewing just, session. Hug your phone just... <laughs> Hugging the phone doesn't do it. No, for it doesn't. <laughs> Gosh, it's crazy. It is crazy to think of how big of an impact that has on people. Mm-hmm. Until like you don't, I guess in a sense you take it for granted because you don't realize how important all that is until it's taken away. Man, I also part of me figured. I mean, now like as you started going on, it's like as you get older. I mean. Yeah, you kind of slowly get used to not being around people all the time. And it's like, I guess for like, especially the older, older generation, it's like, one, they've pretty much lived their life. They've had the fun. They've done whatever it is they've done. Now they're just kind of yeah, cause I, more so just like relaxing and just trying to, I don't know, take it easy kind of thing almost. Yeah, because as, as you get older, you know, your social group sometimes, and I'm not, I say sometimes, it's not 100% guarantee. It's not yeah. the rule. But sometimes they start paring down a little bit to more your core base. Like, yeah. who are you spending time and putting energy into? You're not, you're not, you know, back in your college days when you're at a frat party, you know, with hundreds of people, right. and you're like, you're all <laughs> my friends, um, right? <laughs> it's not like that. It's now you might have like ten to fifteen very close friends, right? You know, and most of them are probably if you're married, they're probably almost all going to be married couples, you know? Right, right. And granted, now this also. Um, I was thinking about like last night. Um, so after I had band practice, I met up with a couple friends and we've been going to this couple's house who it's a couple they are in their like seventies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then the people I go there, I mean, it's a couple friends of mine. We're all the same age in our mid twenties and we go hang out with these, this, you know, older couple and hang out. And I mean, so it's like there, I obviously there's, People out there that like to hang out and I don't know, they like to have fun. Pretty much, I man, pretty much what we've been doing is just, I guess what's been cool about it is hearing about like the lives of the older couple, like just seeing like their experiences through life and whatnot. And like just talking about how, you know, the things that they've gone through will can be things that we're going through now. And then you see how, you know, they got through it and how they're going on. It's like kind of just a cool learning opportunity too. Yeah, to interact with people that are much older than you, because it's like, granted, the things that are going on 
now for us might be new to us but then when you interact with someone that's been older and been through life it's like we'll be okay <laughs> yeah I, I will say though no one who's alive well no there might be if there's a few people that are alive now but they're over 100 that went through like the pandemic of 1918 oh you know those people have gone through something like this before but even your old couple friend here mm-hmm. they haven't been through a pandemic like this yeah you know they went through the polio scare but even then Oh, yeah. The the pandemic of 1918 was kind of like this, as it It is now. A huge huge deal. And even back then, you saw a lot of people get depressed in that. It it, it was. And I mean, think about this obviously, the stuff they didn't have then compared to what we have today. Yeah. Like, I guess, yeah, I'm kind of curious as to how much that would have, could have, you would have like, you would have had like 20 acres between you and your neighbor. Oh my gosh. Actually, yeah. th- that's in the rule. Even in 19, we started having cities like Chicago and that. Oh, great Chicago. <laughs> Sweet home. Don't Chicago. get me started on Lightfoot. <laughs> I won't. It is crazy to think about how, like, like little old Racine was, used to just be a bunch of farmland and stuff like that, though, mm-hmm. too. Like hearing from like our my folks and even, well, when they're around their parents and stuff like that. Like, Little old Racine didn't used to be much compared to what it is today. It's really wild to think about, but uh, there was something interesting uh, that I was shown with. It was kind of like showing about how, like, just like the past, like, I, uh, well, I guess, well, one of them being that pandemic, pandemic, um, but just like all the struggles people have gone through in the years past compared to now, and it's granted. I mean, it, this is affecting people in many different ways, but it's like to see what they went through and like the little that they had to kind of, like, I guess, in a sense, get them through. I don't know. It's impressive mm-hmm. and amazing to see what they had to go through. And I mean, it just makes me a lot more appreciative, appreciative of what we've got today to keep going and stuff like that. It's crazy how how cool technology can kind of keep us in touch with the with one another yeah but yeah these numbers obviously crazy yeah i mean when like i said when i saw that 25 percent, and it's a little bit more 25 percent, but 25 percent in that age range you know overall it's like 10 percent, 11 percent. but still i was like that is that's so high that's so many people that don't have hope of living because it knows the response is seriously considered suicide in the previous 30 days we're not talking minorly like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore, you know, because you have a bad day. Because we've all done that stupid stuff. You know, oh, it's like, you're 100%. like, something freaks you, not freaks you out, but like annoys you so much. You're like, I'm done. I'm just out. I'm ready to check out of here. This is stupid. No, this is, they yeah. seriously considered. Yeah. I think, because I was just at youth group camp uh, this past weekend. Yeah. I had, if I look back, that means... Two of the teens in my cabin, if they were in this age range, yeah, would be in that boat. And that makes it all the more just personal. And, and that wow factor, you think of that. If you're someone, I, I think of a, a family of the church, they have five kids. Yeah. Yep. You know, if you have multiple brothers or sisters, one in four. And the thing is, the thing is, people 
are almost afraid, I guess you could say, to ask for help, get help. Yeah. I, uh, so I met, I, I met up with a friend and kind of talked about this a little bit. And I was just like, because thinking, you know, as time goes on, it's like you hear a lot more about mental health or people needing mental help because there's a lot of mental illness out there. Mm-hmm. And because like at first I used to kind of think I was like, well, how many people are just doing this for attention kind of thing and versus people that actually need it. And I figured there's more people that were just like, I guess you could say just weak in a sense and just wanted extra attention. But then at the same time, it's like, I mean, maybe since it started to kind of come out, obviously more people hopefully are more comfortable with admitting this kind of stuff and it's actually more serious and so i've been starting to really have that mentality about it a lot more where it's like i mean granted you can still have those people that might i guess try and in a sense abuse the whole thing of having mental illness or whatever and just doing it for attention which is awful to do especially when you have people obviously that really have issues and need help with it. They said, like, you know, they think now it's people are finally just becoming more okay about talking about it and less afraid to put that out there. Mainly, one, because it's becoming realized that, like, hey, this is an actual big thing. Right. And I'll say this. For a long time, there, there's been a stigma almost around it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't talk about it. That's one of those things of, you know, I remember this when I was a kid. I don't know if you guys got this, but like at the at family get togethers, you never talked about a few things, religion, politics, you know, stuff like that. That kind of fit into that. It was always yeah. the thing of that dirty little secret. Right. That, you know, because you almost kind of felt like you were branded as broken. Right. Which, and I mean, <laughs> I, man, it is weird. I find it funny how that would get classified into that because it's like, I don't know. It's trying to think of people think like, you know, my, I'm like so unique and different. Like nobody will understand me. And like my thoughts are just like some weird foreign, like <laughs> stupid thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and I know it's like, so it's like when you finally like come across someone that has the same thing, it's just like, just like a major like eye opener. Like, wait a minute. Guess what? We're all the same to some degree. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we all have. And part of the problem, is, you know, again, coming back to it, you know, if you don't talk and try to get help and, you know, share what's going on, guess what? You're going to think you're alone because you're not hearing that from other people who are maybe yeah, not hearing it. And that's one of those things of like one of my goals through this and through some other things I'm working on. Yeah. Try to destigmatize the conversation around mental health as much as possible. Yeah. You know, I, I'm working with heart support on stuff. I'm in the master class and got yeah, some yeah. stuff coming out through that soon. That's cool. Um, and it's just like destigmatize as much as possible. And I'll say this if you have experienced mental health issue, don't be afraid to talk about it. Because here's the thing if you're not afraid to talk about it and you you know, you like me, I'll talk about what I've gone through in that. That might help someone who's maybe going through something similar who is afraid to talk about it. They can connect and say, hey, I'm not alone and crazy. There is someone else who understands a little bit of what's going on. And again, my, my circumstances might not be exactly the same as everyone else's. 
but I can have a glimpse into what's going on. And if I don't understand, it's like, hey, you know what? I don't know, but I know where we can get you some help because there are places for help. That's the thing. And that's a good thing, you know, and that's, that leads into all the conversation about, you know, insurance and all that and mm. you know what places are covered and what places aren't and what treatments are covered and what treatments are aren't and everything and thankfully like me i've had good enough insurance where i've been able to get the help i needed from the doctors i needed to not have to worry about any of that stuff of can i do that or not but you have especially younger people and you know like your age like you weren't living with mommy and daddy mr Mr. Johnson, right? And you're working your job, right? Do they offer health insurance through your work as a benefit? Mm, I know I can get some kind of insurance through them. I okay. I haven't looked much. L- let's say they don't, okay? Mm-hmm. And you had to go out and buy your own health insurance. That'd be an additional bill you would have to pay, and you'd have to pick either between rent, food, or insurance. <laughs> rent and food. I know. And then all of a sudden, your insurance lapses, and you have to pay full price for the medicine full price for the doctors that can get expensive quickly yes so that is also something that is also hurting our i would say our younger people as well because they're just start if they're not if they're out of college right they're just starting their career they don't have money they don't have the most money in the world and that's a whole other conversation how do we fix the medical system and insurance and <laughs> that i keep going back and forth on things there are things that need to be addressed that's for sure and I think we can all agree that there are things that need to be addressed. Oh, yeah. How we go about fixing it, that's a whole other conversation that people have been arguing over for many years now. Right. And no one has the correct answer because everywhere in the world, no matter the solution you're using, is still a mess. Oh, yeah. But that being said, there are ways to get help still. You know, if you go to an ER, even if you don't have insurance, and like you're suicidal, suicidal, they're obligated to at least see you and hopefully at least put you on medicine. It, it, you know, obviously it's not going to be the best. Obviously best route is to go to, you know, a therapist, psychologist, and get evaluated, get the medicine, get what's needed. But sometimes you don't have those options. That's how it is, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, one in four, one in four. And we could have one more person here. And that would put us, in, you know, right. I mean, statistically, even us three here, we're talking one of us. Statistically, we're pretty good chance. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you, I haven't been there at all, but I could see with this isolation how easy it would be to quickly get that yeah. despair and go there. Oh, because everything is overwhelming. You can't interact with people. You don't have any release on what you're doing. For those who were like uh, gym rats, <laughs> you know, they couldn't go to the gym and work out. Yeah. All these things that people were doing to release and get entertainment. You can't go watch a movie. I, I think they just started opening up movie theaters in southeast Wisconsin yesterday. It was the first yeah. day. Yeah. You know, Sick. you could even do entertainment things, things that you enjoyed. Concerts, mm-hmm. they're done for, essentially. <laughs> Church services for a long time and most places were shut down and online only. Again, difference between online and in person. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And <laughs> I kind of like have the online thing for church, mainly because it's like I can sleep until whenever I want and I can still see the sermon later if I want to because yeah. it's recorded. I, yeah, it's nice Which but there's still that difference between online and in person. Yeah, because I mean part of me is just like 
That's there's uh I guess I oh eh, no I I don't know I'm not sure how I feel about that now anymore because um, it's like part of it almost to a point it's like knowing that there's people you can go out and see and spend time with at church is a part of um like I guess a motivational thing to get you to go to church part yeah. of it I mean because granted if it was just me going to a church to listen to a sermon on my own. Would I like actually make the effort to go to a church? Probably not. Maybe not. I don't know. If I well, if I can do it from home, I'll just do it from home. But having that in person connection with people definitely is a big helper to want to go out. Because otherwise, if I want to, I can just sit at home and listen to sermons and do read, you know, the Bible and do whatever I want on my own. So you're gonna listen to a sermon and do Minecraft? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, because then yeah, that again, as I said, you can check out anytime. Because then you, I had the mentality of like, well, I can just pause, do something else real quick, and I'll just come back to it. But then once you get distracted with something else, it's like, oh wait, uh, I didn't go back to it. Yeah, and it's Uh-oh. also like having a conversation cut off midstream. You might forget what the previous part of the conversation was. Yeah, and all of a sudden you come back and you're like, wait, what? I'm confused. Yeah. And that's I've I've <laughs> yeah I've, I've had. Times like at work, I'll listen to like sermons and whatnot, and uh, <laughs> um, I'm giving like, someone eye contact. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like someone will like at work will have to ask me a question or whatever, and then I have to sit there and be like, pause it, so one I can really give my full attention to the conversation, like what the question is, but then it's like yeah, when I get back to that, it's just like crap what was just going on <laughs> yeah humans we we try to say we can multitask but we suck at context switching right i so i can i'm a drummer i can multitask well that's because yeah you're multitasking but your one task is drumming you know yeah you, you're yeah. not context switching you're not going between drumming and having an in-depth conversation at the same time yeah, no yeah you know because if i if i interrupt you halfway through a measure and start having an in-depth conversation with you. When you go back to drumming, you kind of have to start that measure over. You can't just where pick up right where you were left off at. Yeah, unless, well, I say the only way you could do that is if you just had complete muscle memory of whatever it was you were playing. But even then, you probably separated the left and right portions of your brain a little bit more yeah. than normal. Because <laughs> then also it's like, yeah, you can't. I, I, I'm kind of curious now. Could is there a drummer out there that can have? A full-on legitimate conversation with someone while playing a live show. Probably not. My guess would be unknown. You do your research and let me know. Because, I mean, you have to listen to what the band's doing. Do you, though? Do you really care as a drummer what the band is doing? I do. (laughs) (laughs) But it is kind of Fair enough. It is funny. Like, like, I've had two shows um, with the current band I'm in. Uh Uh-huh. And, like... It's kind of fun because, like, where I've been, I was like, I'm, we're in this back little room and there's like windows around us. And, like, I've had a couple friends outside the window, like, peeking in or whatever. And the window's open, so like, you can say hi, we're see whatever. And, like, as we're playing, like, there's like moments where it's like, I'll look over and like wave as I'm just still playing. Like, I'm focused on them, I'm not focused on playing. But then as soon as I come back, it's like, all right, I don't know. Dude, can, mm. Granted, I'm not having a conversation <laughs> with somebody. 
I'm just looking at them. But then at but at the same time in the back of my head, I'm still listening to what the band's doing. So I'm not really focused on them a whole lot. I'm just like, oh hi, as I'm still playing. Hmm. I'm curious now. The thought process of Aaron Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's an, yeah, it is. Tell me about it. Hmm. Okay. Well, do you have any final closing comments, either of you, Josh, the quiet one? <laughs> Why are you quiet over here in your corner? What are you shouting for? Aaron, Aaron is just... I'm just going. He's I just am. going. I'm, I'm in it today. It's, yeah, you are. Um, gosh. It's been like this the past like couple months. Are you just sitting over here? Quiet, Josh. Anyway, He's final fine. comments from either one of you. Um, gosh. Well, seeing these numbers... And seeing this kind of stuff. Definitely it's like, don't hesitate to show a little extra love <laughs> to the younger people. <laughs> um man, I guess like being like seeing this makes me want well, one, just have to be more aware of it. Um uh, that's scary. Um yeah, well not just having extra love for them, but just everybody, especially during all this craziness. I don't know. Don't be afraid to show it more than usual, I guess. Show like, it more than usual. Yeah. Because I don't know. I've had stuff like with friends and stuff like that where I've kind of, I guess you have like your friendship and you just go so long and don't really think twice about it too much. It's like, well, I mean, you, you hang out, you hang out, whatever. But then I have had a couple moments recently where like we really started to kind of just get on a deeper level on like just like while talking and just kind of being like talking about like well one about how like you care for one another kind of thing and just i guess reconfirming that you know, the whole like lovey-dovey stuff no well, not lovey-dovey stuff but just like <laughs> like i would <laughs> lovey-dovey is a terrible way to I was like, lovey dovey, what are you talking about? And who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? (laughs) But just like, I guess just saying that, you know, you you love one another and care for one another. It's just like, don't be afraid to do that. Because like when that happened, it just like kind of almost like really, in a sense, kind of like reignited the friendship kind of thing. And just, I don't know, made a good improvement on it. And I know I've like when I've texted you like love you man, you're just like, all right, what you been drinking? <laughs> it, that's more playing with you no, just because, <laughs> because I, I know you well enough that I can do that. <laughs> yeah. So I mean I, and I saw like someone like share on Facebook today, like, you know, just make make an effort to like let people know that you love them and stuff like that. Cause it I guess, and for me, like, thankfully, I'm not really. Oh, well, not, I shouldn't say not really. I'm not one of those persons persons that have seriously considered anything. Well, suicide in the past thirty days, but like, how about past sixty? Probably good. I don't, dude. How long is sixty days? Not two months. <laughs> Paul's done with me. I wish you could see me face palming right yeah. now. <laughs> go on, go on. But like, it's. It's easy for I guess, I could say for me at times like depending on the friend like you you can you always say like oh it's like well you know like I know they care about me and stuff like that but then after you like go like for a long time without really interacting with that person or having that like I guess kind of deep conversation the mind can like to trick you and make you think that 
maybe not kind of thing. You, you know? need another dose of that oxycot- oh, oxycotin. Oxycotin, yeah, baby. Of the, of the oxycotin. Or oxy, oxy, oxy whatever that the cuddle, the cuddle, <laughs> the, the cuddle, <laughs> the cuddle, chemical. oxytocin, oxytocin. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you, you need another dose of that. Yeah. To mentally, even though you know it factually, right. you need it mentally. The mind likes to tell you otherwise. Oh yeah, and it's oh yeah, been there, done that many times. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, right. So it's like I don't. I, I don't know why that's like a weird thing for people to do if it is, but it's like, why is it weird? It shouldn't be a weird thing. Especially for guys. We grew up, especially my generation. You got to be a tough kid. Yeah, exactly. You got to be a tough kid. Don't show the emotion. You see all the the movies, you know, with the tough guy, with the action star, whatever, and he's like, never sheds a tear. It's just stone cold. Yeah. Just like, And that's what, you know, guys grow up. You know, that's why they have this thing about toxic masculinity. And all right. stuff. Okay, it's gone overboard. Um, yeah. There's some parts of it I, where I agree with, you know, about, you know, guys never showing emotion that, you know, that, that could be damaging, very damaging. Big time. Um, but you don't also, on the flip side, someone who's like, <laughs> someone who's like always ready on the verge to just cry is like, yeah. <laughs> you get looked at the wrong way. <laughs> You're like, okay, come on. <laughs> It's okay. But it, it does serve a purpose. There, we are emotional human beings. We need mm-hmm. some emotional quota filled. Otherwise, we're going to be in a bad shape mentally. Right. So, I mean, yeah, really just don't be afraid to let people know that you love them. If you do, hopefully you do. I would hope you do. Yeah. Otherwise, learn to love somebody. Because, <laughs> man. If nobody loved you, well, I'm trying to think, like, someone loved you, so share it, spread it, keep her going, keep her moving. Oh, man. All right. Jeez. Josh, do you have any uh, closing remarks? Nah, Aaron. Aaron hit, Aaron hit it on the head. Man. I love you, bruh. Wow, and I don't even get it back. You, See, you don't even get why- it this is why I have problems. <laughs> you don't even get it back from Josh, I know, of course. You'll get it back later. Oh, <laughs> Are you getting too gun to cuddle again? Because that was disturbing earlier. I would earlier, earlier. I would. Never mind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you have to remind me. I already forgot. <laughs> never mind. Uh oh. All right. <laughs> Josh has no closing comments. All right. So I'll close it up, man. Yeah. Wrap her up. What's going on right now is unprecedented for many reasons. For most people alive, if you were alive during 1918. You could probably teach us a few lessons about that, this, you know, but that for most everyone alive, no one knows what's going on. There's a lot of conflicting information back and forth between various sources, people who should be experts, people who aren't experts, conspiracy theorists and the like. And everyone who's normal is kind of caught in the middle and it's causing stress, whether due to unemployment, uh, employment in a stressful, essential job or, you know, caring for loved ones who may be sick. Not being able to see loved ones who are dying in the hospital due to restrictions due to COVID, stuff like that. People who grew up being social animals because of their younger age and how they lived that way. Also being told to isolate and only use video chatting where you're not able to reaffirm those neurochemical transmitters, the oxytocin, to reaffirm that relationship. Touch 
is essential. Humans were not made to be isolated and live alone and, and, and deal with things alone. Humans are also emotional. Hiding your emotion 100% of the time will do you no good and will only lead to pain in the future. So if you don't know how to deal with pain, deal with, deal with loss, deal with stress, and you just bottle it up. Yeah, that's what all the action movies say. Guys, you bottle everything up. And then you bottle it up, and that becomes the thing that eventually kills you. Due to a heart attack, suicide, drowning yourself in your sorrows on a bottle, on pills, injecting heroin. And life, it's difficult when you do that. And sometimes you need help. We all do. And I know I've given this number out before, but the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. If you are hard of hearing or deaf, you can also go to their website, suicidepreventionlifeline.org, or text 1-800-273-8255 for uh, chat as well. Now, on the good news on that, the FCC has recently designated the number 988, which will forward to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline in the future. It's not active yet, but that is coming soon. So, you know, we have 911 for medical emergencies and that. Soon, people will be able to call 988 for mental health medical emergencies, obviously. And if you're dealing with someone who, a family member, a friend who, you know, they have the gun to their head or they're about to pull the trigger or they're getting ready to swallow bottle pills, don't call the 1-800 number. Call 911. Get them to the ER. Having them a little upset at you that you went quote-unquote, a little over the top and getting them to an ER doc, that's better than having to go to their funeral because that means they're alive still. One in four. One in four people, 18 to 24. And if that, hopefully that number goes down in the future here, but I, I still can't wrap my head around that number.